Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to warn you that there is some very brief talk of suicide, suicidal ideation in this episode. If that's a trigger for you, if that would make this a tough listen for you, go ahead and skip this one. Hi guys, Princess here and welcome to your weekly episode of Bye Bumpkin. Um, around here, we are getting ready for school. School starts on Monday, the 23rd. Um, we went to the meet the teacher, (laughs) uh, experience outside. Everyone I saw there was wearing a mask and I was looking, girl, I was looking at, I was, mm, that, that, uh, emoji with the eyes, that was me. I was like, just looking, I wanted to see, because, you know, people going to meet the teachers around all, all this these last few weeks have been like, you know, some people were masked, some people weren't. My school district said that they encourage masks, but then neither the principal nor none of the teachers were masked. Um, at a meet the teacher out here in Westlake, which is on the, obviously the west side of Austin, um, a parent ripped a mask off a teacher's face. And the parent is still walking around here on two good legs. I don't know how. I don't know how that teacher had the patience to not fuck that person up. But you know what? I don't know how they had the patience to teach people. So either way, they're probably a better person than I am. But that's not the case of my. I'm. I'm. Listen. I've talked about this, guys. What is going on in Texas, uh, and I believe Florida too, and in other places, um, governors have not required a mask mandate, but what they haven't done is keep the rest of the the local authorities from requiring a mask mandate. Because as we all know, everybody's going, the kids are going back to school, under 12 cannot be vaccinated. And this is a problem, right? And so here in Texas, the governor has, made an executive order that no local authority could make a mask mandate and no schools could have mask mandates. Like, so basically no government entity could have, could require masks. Um, that doesn't apply to federal, uh, federal entities. That's why if you are in a federal building here in Texas, you must wear a mask because the feds have a mask mandate, but the governor has, is actively preventing people from having a mask mandate. And what? Has a sit. I mean, there's been a lot of lawsuits. Uh, schools have been suing the governor, and so there's been a lot of like, this judge has a temporary restraining order from um, keeping the governor from preventing this school district from having a mask mandate. This uh, is going to the Supreme Court. That's a, the Texas Supreme Court. All these different legal things happening. But mostly, what is happening is the schools were just like, nah, bro, we're gonna have a mask mandate. A lot of them are. Houston is the largest school district in. Texas, um, Houston is so fucking big, guys. I feel like people who have not been to Houston do not realize how monstrous that fucking city is. Um, but they were the first, and they were just like, bring it, and Dallas went next, uh, which is second, Austin, um, even places like Paris, Texas, uh, they made it a part of their, their, um, their school uniform. So... And most, many people think that's a legal loophole or whatever, but what just happened is that like a lot of, especially my school district sent me an email uh, a week or so ago, a little more, maybe a week and a half ago that was like, 
uh, Greg Abbott doesn't pay any bills here. And, um, uh, so therefore, uh, he don't have no say in here. So you will be wearing masks. We will. So what his executive order said, they can't require masks in on schools and they do not have to contract trace and they do not have to ask students, not students and staff to stay home if they are, if they are ill. And my school district was like, we will be contact tracing. We will be notifying if your child has been in, in a classroom with someone who uh, has COVID and we will not allow people, just like a simple shit. We don't let ill people come to school, which is, I've talked about how people send their kids to school sick all the time for many reasons. Some of them are intentional. Some of them are uh, socioeconomic. Like th- there are many reasons. But even the, if the if the nurse finds that you have strep throat, she, you can't stay there. If you have over a, I forget, I think it's a hundred degrees. If you are at a hundred degrees or up, you can't stay at school. They will make you come get that kid. So I don't know why it's controversial to tell people with COVID they can't come to school. I don't know why that's controversial, but whatever. I'm just fortunate that my school district was really, they've been really good. And they were great with the remote stuff from last year. They're offering remote learning this year. I was too late to get into it because my job wanted me back on site. And then when I went to my boss and told him I was nervous about, you know, my kids aren't vaccinated. That's that's what I'm nervous about. My kids aren't vaccinated. And he was like, oh, 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 then they'll come back. And he went and talked to the CEO and the CEO immediately sent out an email that said, don't come back, y'all. <laughs> Not that. He's, it, just, it said basically, um, you know, everyone that has concerns, speak to your supervisor and come up with a solution with them. And my supervisor already told me so. So I can stay. I, I can just go into office Mondays and stay, work from home for the rest of the week. But I was too late to get them into remote. And when I get to the next um, grading period, I can move them back to it. Um, I've also let the kids know, like, like, okay, so am I nervous? Absolutely fucking literally. But it does not do me any good to be hysterical on the internet all the time. I am close to hysterical all the time anyway. I am an overthinker. I'm worried about everything all the time. So it's only a hop, skip, and a jump to the hysterical for me. But I can't sustain that. And if I try to sustain that, what it means is I can't take care of these fucking kids. I can't take care of myself. I have depression. I have had um, suicide attempts. I, I, I I can't let myself get to... I'm fucking hysterical. Everything's the worst and there's nothing I can do about it because that is a very dangerous road for me personally to be on. And so I I just have too much at stake to spiral out all day, every day. I can't let myself do that. Um, And so even though I may not have been talking about it on Twitter or even on this podcast or even in person with people, I have been worried and I've done what I fucking can to keep my kids safe. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. I know a lot of people are really worried in the last couple of weeks, in the upcoming weeks as kids go back to school. I can only do what I can do. Um, in terms of, like, in general, like, do I feel like we're worse off than we were in March 2020? No, I don't. People have the ability to get vaccinated. And there is a kids vaccination coming soon. I don't know when. Hopefully by the end of the year, but it is fucking coming. And 
I feel like we are in a better spot than we were. Not a great spot. We could have been in a lot better spot. But I feel like we're there are things to be optimistic about. Whether or not you have to wear a mask in Target is not enough for me to like, I don't know, go all the way back to March 2020. It's just not. Um, so I'm, I sent all my, um, what is it? I sent all my teacher emails out. I always send an email just to let teachers know who I am, my kid. I tell them some good things about my kids. And I always, I always give them one warning about my kid, like something that we need to be on the lookout for. And then I let them know how my kid goes home. That's, I don't know. If you guys have elementary school kids, that's, that's a big deal. Like how does the kid get home? Because the teacher has to facilitate where they go. And then, and I make sure they know my phone number, my email address. You can text me at any time about my fucking kid. You can also email me. If you call me, I might not answer. You have to leave a message. But at any time of any day, you can call me, text me, email me about my fucking kid. And, oh, I also put in, this year I put in, my kid must wear a mask regardless of how long this mask mandate lasts. My kid must be wearing a mask. If they are not wearing a mask or if they are having trouble wearing a mask, please contact me and I will handle it. And because I don't expect teachers do all kinds of shit anyway. I don't expect them to also like fight kids into a mask. Not that my kids would require that because I've had a long talk with them. I'm like, you can only go masks. If you're not wearing your mask, you can't be at school. If, because again, I have elementary school kids. So sometimes they they send me pictures of my kids, especially the little ones. Um, If you get off the bus and you don't have a mask on, if I get a picture of you and you are not wearing your mask, and when I say wearing your mask, I mean it correctly, over your motherfucking nose. Um, If that teacher tells me, I've had to remind so-and-so to put their mask on, I have let my children know that one of two things will happen. I will pull you out of fucking school and I will put you, I will move you to a charter school that's online and you will go to school from home. And that means no Valentine's Day party, no Halloween party that they always have, no recess, no no next to your friend, sitting next to your friend, none of that shit. You will be right motherfucking here, right next to me. And you'll be doing chores and taking naps. Yes, 11-year-olds can take naps. That There will be no playing on your iPad, none of that bullshit. You will be here. Don't ever let me find out you don't have the mask on. And I also let them know if, like, my job requires me to come back to in office and you cannot and and you cannot wear your mask at school, I will quit my job. I will quit my motherfucking job and move you to an online charter school and you will sit next to me all day and do your work. You don't want to. I'm meaner than teachers. I, I will take all the fucking joy out of your life. Do I want to? No. I know that you guys want to go to in-person school. But if you can't do it safely, I, I don't know what to fucking tell you. And if I quit my job, we ain't going to Texas Roadhouse no more. We ain't doing it. The allowance is done with. Uh, five below? What the fuck is that? We'll never go there again. That is all done. Because we're going to be on one income in this bitch. you going to see how tight I can squeeze a fucking dollar. You think I'm cheap now? Wait till I don't have a job. And these kids understand. I mean, they know that I'm, you know, they know I'm bonkers. So I'm doing the best I can. Like masks are the best we can possibly do. 
if my kids are older and in high school, they will be vaccinated. Also, I can count on like older kids not to like be jumping all over each other and spitting all over. Kids are disgusting, guys. But I mean, I, I just have to go in like knowing what I'm going to do if and when things happen. Also, please expect the school to be shut down. Just like last year when my kids did go to school, my kids didn't always go to my kids were in person after October, but they didn't always go to school because if someone had COVID, they would say the third grade can't come to school for two weeks. If, cause they would do contact tracing and whoever was in, was in contact with that person, you can't go to, you can't go to school for two weeks and neither can your siblings. So I fully expect that to happen all year. I, since I'm going and expecting that, I'm not going to like get myself upset about it. My kids will go to school sometime and then they'll be at home sometime. And if they can't wear their mask at school and I find out they'll be at home, period, the end. And I just got to get through this. I know a lot of other people are going through this too. Like they're just like stressed out about things. And it seems like many of our elected officials, not just here in Texas, not just in Southern states, it feels like our, our elected officials are either actively working against our trying to us trying to protect ourselves or they are very lax in helping us. And I'm like, I'm talking about the presidency too. I told you guys when he was elected, he was the last person I wanted elected on the Democrat side. I mean, the last person I wanted elected was Trump. But on the Democrat side, Biden was my last choice. The very fucking last choice. And I knew that we were going to have to bully this motherfucker. And I'm not saying that he hasn't done his, excuse me, I don't want to say he, his administration has not done some things that were needed. I appreciate some of those things, but I want more. I want more for my elected officials and I want a comprehensive voting, um, excuse me, voter voting rights legislation passed, even if it's by executive. Uh, do, uh, I, I want that. Voting is like one of our basic rights as Americans. And the more we allow these Republicans to fuck with voting rights, the harder it's going to be for us in the future. If if everyone had the free and clear right to vote, the uh, election day should be federal holidays. Not everybody gets federal holidays off, but it's a start. Election day should be a federal fucking holiday. There should be laws preventing gerrymandering. There should be laws preventing, um, like Georgia's trying to uh, remove a bunch of people off their... Uh, their voting rolls, like there should be laws against these sorts of things. And the more we, as soon as we make sure everyone has a reasonable ability to vote, I promise you a lot of these politicians that are really catering to companies and um, lobbyists and stuff will realize you can't get voted in if you are not working for the people. Right now, it is quite possible to do that in many places. Texas is one of them. It's the reason why, like, what is it, 49.5% of us vote blue, but we are a Republican state. There's a reason for that. By the way, the governor has COVID. I I know a lot of people are celebrating that. I don't know why. He's not going to die. And I know there are people out there because when... Trump got COVID. People were like, somebody said that it was gross that I was wishing COVID on him. 
why he wished COVID on me. He he wanted me to get COVID. Why 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 is it gross that I that I was wishing COVID on Trump? But I didn't wish COVID on Abbott, and I don't think he's gonna die from it. And he's gonna get the best care that no he is getting the best care. He's got he's got a third shot, a third vaccine. Funny, funny. All these people are vaccinated. Interesting, interesting. Um, he's got a third vaccine, and he's getting experimental uh, treatment that most of us will never have access to. <laughs> yeah, I, I want better. I want better. I want better all the fuck around. And I'm not going to be happy till I get it. So um, anybody in the Biden administration listening to this, I we will continue to bully your ass because... We want something from you. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how I get, how the fuck did I get on that? School, school. My kids are on the way to school. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I'm happy for them. Hope it goes well for them. And I'll, and I, I got plan A through Z on this bitch. What if one of the kids gets COVID? What if my husband gets COVID at work? What if one of my kids leaves their school, their, their, one of their shoes at school. I got a plan for every fucking thing, every ridiculous thing that might fucking happen. And I'm just going to have to like keep myself in a non-hysterical way so that I can be here to do those things. Speaking of which, let's talk about like, so you guys know every month I donate to, I don't donate Patreon dollars to a worthy cause, somebody that'll use the money better than I would. And this, this month, I donated to the Austin Independent School District. Austin was, my kids don't go to the school district, by the way. But Austin was one of the um, first school districts in the state to, to say, we do not care what the fine might be. We do not care. We will, we will require masks. We'll do the best we can. Like the best we can all absolutely can is for everyone to be paid to stay home for two, three months. And just stay the fuck home. That's what the best we could do. But that's not what... The second best we could do is have a vaccine available for everyone who wants one. Including children. Okay? But in 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 absence of all of those things. The best that they could... They, they were like, the, the best we can do is this. And they... Even like my school district, even though you, they cannot, they will not be paid for remote, remote learners. They will not be considered a part, will not be considered their, um, in attendance. They won't consider them in their average daily attendance. So they will get less funding for having remote learners. They're offering it. They were one of the first to do that. And also at school, it's, it's back to school time. And as I talked to you, did I talk to you guys about the fact that it cost me like $300 for back to school shit? That's just supplies. Didn't include backpacks. Didn't include uniforms. Didn't include, I donate to each of my kids' class. I donate 50 bucks to each of my kids' classes in around September um, to the teacher to buy whatever the fuck I need. Doesn't include that. Doesn't include shoes. None of that shit. $300. And I'm... Reminded of times when I had to go to school and I didn't have school supplies because my parents couldn't afford them. And I'm reminded, like, it's already fucking hard enough to go to school during a pandemic and you're out and your teacher says, bring out your protractor. You don't have no fucking protractor. You barely got these pencils. It's tough. It's, it, it, it leaves a, it leaves, 
it leaves a mark on you. I don't, I, yes, there are tougher things, but having to constantly pretend like you don't want the ice cream when, when everybody's getting ice cream at lunch, constantly, like at my kid's school, they have a little shaved ice company that shows up and it's a, it's a school fundraiser. That's fine. But I always think about the fact that if I were have been in their class at this age, there's no way my mom could have reliably given me fit, uh, $5 every other month, as well as the other kids, my mother's other kids to go get fucking shaved ice. They're just not, not necessarily. And so I try to like give a little bit more, give a little bit more to the teacher so that she can buy, buy something for the kids that, that have to stay in the classroom. That's another thing. The kids all go outside and eat ice. I've seen pictures from this. They're having the time of their lives. They're just loving life, hanging out with each other, eating shaved ice and smiling. And I'm like, okay, so the kids who don't have any money, are they back in the classroom? Do you, do you guys not find this to be, anyway, I try to give a little extra money for those kids back in the classroom because who have to sit there and pretend like they don't want any. They either got to cry because they're not getting any or they got to pretend like they didn't want any in the first place. Ridiculous. Um, why am I talking? Oh, I'm talking about like what it's like to be someone who has less than others in school, in a school setting. So this year I wanted to donate to Austin ISD, um, one for help fighting those lawsuits. Not that my little money is going to do it, but, um, and also for providing school supplies to, um, to kids who don't have any. Um, so that's where some of your money went. Um, if you would like to donate, you can go to Austin. Let me just make sure that I have this correct. It's austinisd.org. And there's a, which, where is it at the top? Support our schools. And there's a donate now button that you can use. Okay. And I appreciate everyone who supports this podcast. The people who are a member of the Patreon, you keep me doing this podcast. You make sure I make time and space to do this podcast. If I quit my job, I guess I'll have to live on this money from this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to quit my job unless I fucking have to. <laughs> um, and you make it easy. You make it. You are the reason I am allowed to like give a little bit away every month to somebody who can do something better with it. So I appreciate you all. If you're not a member of the Patreon, Go fix that. I've been doing, not to toot my own horn, I, there's great content on the, on the Patreon. Uh, this past week I did a commissioned episode on, uh, the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. That was a very tough episode to do. I'm sure it's a tough episode to listen to, but it was time to talk about it. One of the most famous child abuse cases in LA County. Um, I also did a commissioned episode on doubling down with, with the Doricos. That was a little fun. Um, they got 14 fucking kids, four sets of multiples in a row. Uh, I want to see the receipts. I want to see their tax forms. I want to see their, uh, I want to see their, um, their bank statements. I want to see. I want to see uh, the coverage forms on their insurance. I want to see 
I want to see how they fucking doing this. But I did an episode on there. I'm also, last week, you guys saw me at on, um, not saw me, heard me on Liz's Patreon podcast, which is um, Liz Explains It All. We talked about the Shaws of Sunset, another fun thing for me to talk about. No notes, guys. We just fucking talked. Liz and I have done a few podcasts together where neither one of us had a fucking note. We were just talking. We were just fucking talking. Um, That was fun. And this week, my hope is that on my Patreon, there will be, we're going to do a little discourse about the White Lotus. Um, I know I complained about it, but we need to talk about it. And I think Kara's going to join me for that. And then after that, we're moving on to um, Celebrity Rehab. So the Patreon, go do it. Go listen. It's five bucks a month. Five bucks is almost nothing. What can you buy with five bucks now? You give a kid five bucks, they throw that shit right in your fucking face. For that small amount of money, you get lots of extra content. Um, You can go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. So is that all I want to talk about? My kids are going back to school. I got a million plans. I am worried. I'm not going to be hysterical. It's not going to help anybody. Um, I'm mad at the government. That's usual. Uh, What else? I think that's all I want to talk about. Pretty sure. Um, So right now we're in the middle of our Mob Wives season, which I enjoy talking about Mob Wives. I've had a very good time talking about Mob Wives. But... This season is longer than any other season I've done. My seasons are usually 10 to 12 episodes long. 12 is a long, is a long season for Buy Pumpkin. And this one's going to be, I believe, 18. And we're at episode nine. So we're about halfway through. And what I want to do is take a fucking break. um, And talk about something else. It just occurred to me like last week that I could take a break in the middle of a Buy Pumpkin season. And I was like, oh, I can. Because I can do anything I fucking want because it's my podcast. So today I want to talk about a show that I always watch, one of my favorite things in the world, and it's called Drag Race. I am a big drag drag race um, fan. I've been from day one, A1. I love the brand. I love the show. I love drag queens, period. Um, I got into drag queens as an 18-year-old going to gay bars, being in career spaces, um... I've talked about, I did not necessarily consider myself queer. I still, it's still very hard for me to say that because I am a cishet woman currently in a, what looks like a heteronormative relationship from the outside. Um, the fact that I'm bisexual doesn't change very much for my life. And just getting to the point where I can say I'm a queer person has been very hard. Even in, even when I was like a youngin in queer spaces. I always feel a little, I don't know. I felt like out of place, even though I enjoyed being there. It didn't always feel like it was my space. It felt like a place that I could be, but not necessarily a place that I owned. But at the time, that's where I started seeing drag. My first baby drag shows. um, And as I talked about, when we, when I first got into drag, all I wanted was a man that looked like a woman. That's all I wanted. I wanted big hair. I southern southern uh pageant drag is what I liked. I liked big hair, big dresses. Um I liked 
uh, lip syncs to the standards. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I wanted um, displays of femininity. Um, but that was like 20 years ago. And I later realized that what I really love is a comedy queen and that I have a fetish for bald queens. I love a bald queen. I really do. And that I, that drag can be all kinds of things. It's, if you had asked little 18, 19 year old me what a, what a drag queen was, I might've had a very strict definition. And now I'm like, it could be almost anything guys. It could be on, when I put on my, when I put on my business casual wear to go into the office, cause that's not how I normally dress. And that's when I wear my glasses and I have my work princess drag on. That's drag. But it took me a while to get there. It's one of the reasons why I've talked about this before. RuPaul, gosh, it might have been five, six years at this point, was in a magazine talking about um, trans drag queens, bio queens. Those are um, cis women who are drag queens. And asked about just when will they be on the show? Like when, when, is, when does RuPaul see them on the show? And he basically was like, I don't. I don't see the point of it. And as someone who has gone through many stages with drag and many evolutions of drag, not, I would say not nearly as many as fucking RuPaul, but I've gone through a lot of evolution and what I like in drag, what I consider drag, my understanding of drag, what is entertaining to me in drag. I am fully comfortable saying, I don't know where drag goes. And it's not, it's almost not like RuPaul is not the, is not the, the queen of all drag. He he doesn't get to tell us all of us what drag is and what and what it has to be. And I would have felt more comfortable if RuPaul had said, Girl, I don't know. I really have no idea. The future is open. I talk about So it's the end of Leo season, guys. And the end of Leo the end of Leo season is kind of like the end of my birthday season. It's my lucky season. My birthday's at the beginning of Leo season and it's, I'm very introspective during this time, mostly because I don't know, like mostly because it's around my birthday. Like a lot of people get introspective around New Year's, me, it's my birthday. And I'm reminding myself that I don't know what the fuck's going to happen next because I never did. And if you had asked me at 15, at 20, at 25, what my life's going to look like, nothing of what I said came to fruition. Maybe some of it did, but like, I could not have guessed what my life is now. And I have a pretty fucking good life, guys. I've had some, ver some tragedy in my life. I've had some terrible things. I could make you cry right now telling you stories about shit that has happened to me. Shit I thought I'd never get through. And here I fucking am. Getting better every single day. One of the reasons I'm still here is because... It has been proven to me throughout the years that my life has only gotten better with every single breath I've taken. And all I have to do is keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep trying. Keep accepting as things change, even though I hate change unless I initiate it. But, like, keep accepting that things will change. Things will be different. And I will only get better. My 20s were so much better than my teen years. My 30s made my 20s look made my 20s look pathetic. My 40s 
I know right now at 41, my 40s are going to be better than my 30s. And so I'm just looking forward to what the fuck's going to happen next. And as much as a planner as I am, well, I'll still make plans. This is who I am. It helps with the anxiety. But I know that my plans are just that plans, not set in stone. And that I don't know what's going to fucking happen next. I've only, but I've, I know I've only gotten better, smarter, more patient, more open. I've only continued to evolve throughout the year. So I assume that's what the fuck's going to happen. And I'm looking fucking forward to it. I can't wait till I'm in my 60s and I go, that 40 year old bitch didn't know shit. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And so RuPaul, who's obviously had way more, RuPaul's in his 60s. Way more experiences than I have. Knows this. He talks like this as well. And so for him to be like, I don't see this happening. I don't see that happening. I'm like, well, you don't fucking know. I wish that he had said that. Because that's the truth. None of us know what's going to fucking happen. Um, Why am I talking about that? Oh, I'm talking about my relationship to drag. And so I've always loved Drag Race. Drag Race is not drag, by the way. Go support your local queens. You are there. Are people there are incredible drag queens that will never be on the show either because they can't get on the show or because they don't want to be, or just like the show. Like, so when I talk about Drag Race, remember we are talking about a very specific show. You can be bad at Drag Race and excellent at drag, right? Because Drag Race is a lens that is edited to fucking hell, that is molded to fit a certain story. You know, and and just like, think about America's Top, top Model. How, I mean, I don't know how many fucking seasons I watched of that show. I, can't, I don't know when I fell off. But so often we were watching them put them through these paces of, and, and them saying, this is what a model has to do. And so often they were lying. They were lying. Like, if your agency wanted you to go, wanted you to go take pictures with spiders on your face and you were scared of spiders, they wouldn't send you. They just wouldn't send you. That's it. But on America's Next Top Model, they'd always be like, girl, you got to get over your fears because if the photographer wants to put a spider in your mouth, you got to let him. No, the fuck you don't. <laughs> a lot of the things they had them do were like, I don't know, we're not really what modeling's about. And drag race is like that. Drag race is really a combination they stole a lot from America's Next Top Model. Um, but it is it, it gets a lot from them. And they do the same thing in that they put them through a lot of paces that are entertaining to watch. Sometimes some of this shit has gotten boring. But isn't like what has no, has no relevance on whether you're good at drag. Drag is a creative endeavor. It, it's very hard to compare two drag queens. Most, most creative things, it doesn't do you any good to do comparison. You know, I am about to start writing two essays a month and publishing them myself because I want to get back into writing essays. And I'm actually not, I don't need them to be published anywhere. I don't need the money. And... I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to go back into the pitching mode. But what I write is not helpful to compare to anybody else's stuff. 
It's my creative juices. It's my, it's me making something for myself. And drag is a lot like that. It, and so the show on its face is irrelevant to the creation, to the creation of drag. It's irrelevant to the art of drag because we don't need to compare art. But it's a lot of fun to watch most of the time. And if you can get on the show, it puts you in front of a lot of different people. You get eyeballs on you. You get people who who want to know more about you. It can really propel your career. So it's not that I'm like, drag race is bullshit. It's not. You don't even have to win a drag race to win a drag race, if you know what I mean. But at the same time, I don't, I hope people know that drag is not a one-to-one comparison. Yes, there are pageants and stuff, but that is, but the art of drag, you can't just sit down and and compare it one-to-one, apples to apples. You can't do it. But I've been watching the show since the beginning. Um, I don't watch international editions. I don't want to. That's it. I got too much shit to do. I don't want to. Um... I watched the first Canada. I will not watch anymore. I it, it, we've got so much U.S. drags drag a race at this point. They're doing all stars every other season. Every time you look up, there's a new fucking season. I I don't have time for the rest of the stuff. I do like World of Wonder, who produces the show. Um, also has on their app, which I just forgot what it was called. It might just be the World of Wonder app. Um, they do little, almost behind the musics with uh, the drag queens um, who go on the, the tour every year. And they show them in different places, and it's really good. I like that. Once I always I obviously watch Untucked. I, I like What You're Packing. That's on, and that's on... Um, that's on YouTube. But sometimes I feel like, like, Michelle, you can't, you can't be Simon Caldwell on the show and then show up to what you're packing as their biggest fan. Because that's not true. You're not their biggest fan. You just read them. All right? And I'm not saying you can't read someone and still be a fan, but like for some of these people, I'm like, Michelle, they don't want to look at you. Get out of here. All you did was complain, complain, complain. Um, what else? Oh, there, fuck, I forgot. There's a guy on YouTube, I think his name is Johnny. I'm, I could be wrong, but he does Exposed, and he does Exposed with drag queens. A lot of them are on the show, some of them aren't. And those are always really informative. They're usually like, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, um, maybe 30 minutes. They're, they're, they're really good. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, although I've cut down... I listen to Afterthought Media's uh, RuPaul. They have the the first and probably the biggest RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I really like Joe Patance. Um, I've been listening to him for a long time, since the beginning of that podcast, since Catching Up Days. Um, he's Afterthought Media is a is a queer podcast company. I mean, they just make content for queer people, by queer people and for queer people. Very rarely do they have straight people on. Um, except for they do, they used to, what the fuck did they use? It's called, I forget what it's called, but on their Patreon, they would have these episodes where he would go get his straight cousins. 
He's always saying he's got 50 million cousins because he's Mex- an L.A. Mexican. That's his joke, not mine. Um, but he would just go and have them not watch any of the drama of the show, right? Because part of we we want people to watch the drama. That's part of the entertaining part. But just the mini challenge, the main challenge, and the runway. That's all they would watch, and they would bet on it and kind of like, like, they would bet on it like sports. And it's very interesting what they used to think about stuff because they don't know all the background of people. And so they might love a queen that we all dislike because we've seen her acting up like in fucking Untucked or whatever. So yeah, um, that he has a he has a lot of stuff on his podcast. And I recommend that guy. He does um, something called Rumor Mill. Where he usually he gathers all the spoilers from around the web, Reddit, you know, Twitter, all that shit, and just gives us like the rumors for the next episode, which is fun if you're into that. I I stopped wanting to get rumors a long time ago, so I listen to him and I listen to All Right Mary, All Right Mary. I love those guys, uh, Johnny and Colin, and they. So I like. Joe and his crew because I enjoy those characters. Joe, Lori, I think there's a guy named Adam this year. And I enjoy them talking to each other, getting one-offs, joking with each other. Great. But I often disagree with them on drag. I often feel like they are too harsh about things. Like they hate Michelle Versage. Anytime Michelle, Michelle says anything, they are so mad at her. And I'm like, I don't know. She just doing her job, I guess. I mean, I disagree with her too, but like, I don't know. And they, and they also really hate RuPaul, which RuPaul can be hateable. Um, but All Right Mary is really big about celebrating everything. And they say the word nuance a lot. I love that they go into the nuances. They celebrate every queen. They find a reason to like every queen. They go up for all the queens. They love Michelle. They love Rue. And I'm not saying they don't say when things are wrong or anything, but it's nice when a queen like Layla McQueen can get some love. You know what I mean? It's not all, what the fuck are you even doing here? I I don't love that. (laughs) And the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm very uninterested in tearing people down, you know? I don't think it's my job. I think people, there are consequences for actions, but I'm just really not interested in, like, hating somebody because of I saw them on TV for 20 minutes. Um, so those are the two I listen to. I don't listen to anything else anymore. I do not go on the Reddit anymore. I, I... Because what I realized is I wanted to enjoy the show. I wanted to enjoy the show. And getting spoilers made me not enjoy it. It made me not be surprised by things. I think the last time I got spoilers was All Stars 3. Yeah, that's the one where Trixie won. It's the last time I got spoilers. And I've, I've, I did a, if you're on the Patreon, I did a, an episode on, Trixie Mattel's documentary, which I really enjoyed. I, I recommend everyone watch it. Um, and I talked about my complicated feelings about Trixie Mattel, how All Stars 3 coincided with a lot of things that were going on with me and how 
I very much identify with Shangela that I am doing well. I continue to do well. And I don't get to go to the big show because what? Because some bitter bitches came back. <laughs> and at the time, I was very angry that Ben Lillicrim left. I'm going to talk more about this when I get to this. I'm still trying to find my way back to Ben Lillicrim. I didn't, I didn't really like Ben Lillicrim to start with. So maybe I'm not trying to find my way back to him. But I was very angry when he left. Um, because he should have won. And he's admitted later the only reason he was able to do that is because he was winning. And it just felt like he came and spoiled the game. Not that I think he's an indentured servant and he has to stay there. He can leave anytime he wants to. But the way he left and also the way the fan reacted to the way he left is if people are really surprised. You can't do that without production. Because if production didn't want him to do that, they would have cut the game and been like, okay, you can't do that, Ben. Maybe RuPaul was surprised. Maybe, but I doubt it. RuPaul's not that great of an actor. I just feel like, and he's an executive producer. I f That's another thing I want to talk about. RuPaul is in charge of the show, but RuPaul is not in charge of the show. RuPaul is an executive producer. He, obviously, they want to keep him. It's RuPaul's drag race. Um, they want to keep him and stuff, so th they do. But... He doesn't own the show and production decides who go, who stays and go. Obviously with, even though RuPaul says that he, that he's the only one who makes the decision. Yeah, but he's a member of production too. And that's why all those like, the, those teeny tiny letters go across the screen at the end. It's not a talent show. It's not, a, excuse me, it's not a game show because game shows have laws to them. You're under certain regulation. It's a talent show. And sometimes the person that shouldn't have gone home goes home because that's what the story needs. And production decides that. So this idea that RuPaul's sitting there and doesn't know that Ben's about to eliminate himself and also is mad at Ben for is ridiculous because... They never had to do that. They could have just stopped production and been like, no, Ben, you can't do that. So pick somebody. And they could have been like, I'd like to go home. Okay, well, pick somebody now. And, because you don't have to stay there. And on the next episode, we'll start with Ben had to leave. They could have done it that way, but it makes, it's more entertaining this way. But I'm, it's so interesting that so many people did not, do not realize that. And I also felt like Trixie should not have won that season. Trixie is an amazing drag queen. Trixie's really bad at drag race. And if we were going by who should have won, it should have been Shangela. No, it should have been Ben. Excuse me. It should have been Ben. And Shangela in, in a close second. Um, but I talked about that, about how that also had a lot to do with where I was at my life. Like jobs I hadn't gotten because writing gigs I hadn't gotten. I, had, I felt like I hadn't gotten enough shine for certain things. And watching people who were just placed in a really good spot get the same shit that I like, I'm like, I have worked enough to get this. And what I did know, but couldn't, couldn't go back to at the time is that what's for me will be for me. Right. I don't have to like, as long as I do the work and show up, what's for me will be for me. If something, if I did everything I possibly could and it didn't happen for me, it's because it wasn't fucking for me. All my most spectacular failures have been me trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It just wasn't made for that. 
And it's hard to know that when you're in the middle of depression or when you're feeling like you're being left behind or you're unfairly being shut out of things. It's hard to remember that. But no one can take away something that was meant for me. If it was for me, there's nothing that keep me from getting it. And so at the time, I was really identified with Shangela, even though Shangela, as Shangela's done, she was in A Star is Born, Shangela's on the board of some school, Shangela is, is making tons of money, Shangela's been in all over the fucking world, Shangela is only prospering because that shit wasn't for her that time. It was for Trixie. And I'm, it took me a long time to get there to be like, like it really, All Stars 3 really fucked me up. But I eventually made my way back. I eventually got out of my feelings, stopped projecting onto the show. And I was able to go back and be like, okay, it's just a fucking show princess. It's not the end all be all. And you know what? Trixie looks good up there. I'm happy for her. And that's when I watched her documentary and I really enjoyed it I love I really do love Trixie Trixie isn't like my perfect drag queen by the way but I do love her and I do am excited for her and watching that doc I was like excited I, I don't know I'm very happy for Trixie and so I talked about that in the um in that episode if you're on the Patreon go find it um by the way let's talk about the drag queens I do love who are my favorite drag queens from drag race hist- history I love Monet Exchange. I love Monet Exchange in drag and out of drag. I would fuck Monet Exchange. I would fuck Kevin. I would fuck Monet Exchange. And I have not always figured, I, I couldn't always put my finger on why. I know why now. Because Monet Exchange is a roundaway girl. And I love roundaway girls. Remember when I was doing celebrity, um, celebrity couples therapy or whatever? I think that was on the Patreon too. But... Remember when I was falling in love with Kelsey? Why? Cause she's an around the way girl. She's got big bamboo gold hoops. She talks with a certain, she talks in African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E. She, she's an around the fucking way girl. I bet she got a sweet potato recipe for me. And I love Monet exchange because of that. Monet's drag is very around the way girl. Now Monet is an opera singer and I've seen Monet um, perform Monet's great. Um, but I just like love Monet's drag. And obviously I like Bob. I listen to sibling rivalry. They're both on the same podcast. Um, I like Bob a lot. I side with Bob a lot. Um, watching Bob on screen, this dark skin black queen who did not spend $30,000 to get there. Uh, the, on on wigs and costumes and stuff and just be funny and charismatic and engaging and easy to talk to on the camera and okay with saying opinions that weren't exactly perfect um, or that, that weren't what everyone else thought. I love that about Bob. And I love a bald queen. Um, who else do I really love? I like Bianca. I like Rory a lot. Um, I like Raja, not Raja O'Hare. I like Raja from season three. I think Raja's drag is great. It took me a long time to like Raja. Um, but I think Raja's drag is great. Manila Luzon. Oh, Manila. Manila's so creative. 
Manila's makeup, Manila's Manila's concepts, her drag. So again, like I said, when I first loved, when I first started working, working, when I first started getting into drag, I just wanted a sparkly dress and big hair. And I wanted you to look like a woman. And if you could not then, but like, you know how people are just want to look like Beyonce? That's that's what I was looking for. I was just like, she wants you to look like a woman. But Manila has concepts. Manila's has themes. Manila's so fucking good. I love Manila. Um I really liked Simone. Simone's the last the current reigning. Um surprised me. I don't for better or for worse, I usually don't get, I usually don't connect with people, with black people who, who seem to only have white friends and wear color contacts. Infer from that what you will. I usually don't connect to those people. I'm sorry. And I really like Simone. It might be because of her drag. Her drag is unapologetically black. Um, I really like Simone. Simone's like a winner. And she did win. I love her. Um... Who else do what, like people I like follow because I don't follow every queen. I do like Eureka. Um, I don't love Eureka and her N words, but I do like Eureka. She's apologized. I'm assuming she ain't still doing it. So um, I like Plastic Tierra. Plastic Tierra is a woman. <laughs> Plastic Tierra. Oh, my God. Plastic Tierra is an illusionist. Okay, um, I like her a lot. Um, who else do I follow that I, Heidi in Closet. I, this is more personality. I don't love Heidi's drag. I love per, Heidi's personality. Um, I think I do like Trinity K. Bonet and I'll talk more about her. Um, some of the people I do like are on this season, so we'll talk about that. But they're, they're I'm more of a comedy queen. That I love comedy. I like make me fucking laugh. That's what the all right married guys always say about Rue. And Rue is like that. Rue, Rue really just make me fucking laugh. And I'm the same way. If you make me laugh, I love it. But so let's talk about the queens that are on this season. So this season, All Star Six, people are like, it's the reject season because there are so many lower ranking queens. And by ranking, I mean in the show, not in drag in general. Because again, I just fucking told you it does us no good to compare drag like that. Um, but they are people who, drag queens that you don't necessarily aren't the most popular from the show. But who fucking cares? I'm ready to see past drag queens compete. I don't care how many times you've been on All-Stars. I don't, I don't care about that. I don't care where you ranked. I don't care if you were first out like Serena Cha-Cha. I don't care. And so when I saw the cast, like I do like Trinity K. Bonet. So I was like, I want to see what Trinity's been doing. Trinity is one of those queens that d- d- doesn't do well on the show, but is a good drag queen. Um, I like Akira Davenport. Ginger Minge is a powerhouse. Um... I was not aware that Sonique had transitioned and no, I was aware that Sonique had transitioned because she talked about it during her, the reunion for her show, but I hadn't really like kept up with Sonique. So Kylie Sonique, love, love to have you. I, you know, I, I don't understand. First of all, now they're, they said they've all but confirmed a winter season. I'm waiting for the promo to come out because 
a winter season is tough because you left a winner and you are more likely to leave a loser this time. If I won, you'd never get me back on the fucking show, ever. Also, I'm booked and busy. Why, when, when will I have time to do this? Bibi Zahara Bonet coming back for All-Stars 3, where everyone thought she was a mole. And let me tell you, by the end of All-Stars 3, I was so fucking mad that she was not a mole because I was like, this bitch has shown me nothing. The only time I she made me laugh really hard to that screen is after Ben self-eliminated. And they were like, show me your lipstick, um, BB, so I can see like who you were going to, because everyone else had done it. And she goes, out of respect for Ben? No. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> you're only fucking saying that because whatever's in there is embarrassing. But that's the only time she made me laugh. I mean, I, she is a part of Kitty Girl. You know, that's my favorite RuPaul song. It's not really a RuPaul song, but it's my favorite song from the show. Um, but... Obviously, she came back to get a little bit more shine, but I'm just like, I wish she had. I wish she had. It's very disappointing. I really hope there's not a winter season. But why am I talking about that? I do not remember why I'm talking about that. Not at all. Anyway, there are... So the fact is, I want to see people who didn't win. I want to see them come back. I want to see more of them. And they, I think they should get to see more on national television, even though it's on a pair of not puffs. But... Um, I think they should get more eyeballs on them. So this year, what, well, I'm going to go through them in, as we, as they left. Okay. So I'm going to go first person that left was Serena Chacha. So Serena Chacha is famous for being on shit. Season three, maybe being on season three, first out. Um, no second out, I believe. And just really antagonizing people, telling them to read a book, uh, thinking she was like high art and everything. And, you know, I don't know if that was, she might've been on season four. No, she's on, she's on season four. Nope, she's on season five. Sorry. Um, let me just double check because I am absolutely wrong. Serena Cha-Cha, I've had it officially is, I uh, Detox is talking about her. Yes, Serena Cha-Cha was on season five. So she was first out. She was number 13, um, 13th in the ranking of that season. She just really, she was very young and she just had a big mouth on her. And that's all we really remain. No, she wasn't first out. Maybe she was. I don't fucking remember. She just had a big mouth and she just seemed like her drag didn't back it up. Like, I know that there are many different layers to drag race. There is the drama behind the scenes, like whether you're likable on screen, whether you're likable to the people watching, whether you're likable to the judges. And the judges have famously said, and I don't include RuPaul in this because RuPaul's an executive producer. The judges have famously said that we do not see shit. We, if we were not in the room, like when Ross and um, Michelle like do the directing for like a, an acting challenge, if we were not in the room, we didn't see it. They don't show them drama from untucked they don't show them none of that shit all they see is the are the challenges the main challenges not even the minis and the runways that's all they see and so the perception of the judges may be very different from the perception of viewers 
and maybe also very different from the perception of the people in the room, the other queens. And for example, Valentina. Everybody loves Valentina. Excuse me, not everybody loves. I love Valentina. I even love Valentina. But I just love listening to Valentina talk. Um, I love um, Valentina's feeling her French vanilla fantasy. I love Valentina's drag. Valentina's drag is very um, Mexican-American, um, L.A. That, that's what dra- Valentina's drag is. And for millions of people, seeing that in their culture in drag, well, that makes them go up for them. And so, like, I really appreciate Valentina. But I don't work with Valentina. I'm not there when she's six hours late, which she often is. I'm not there when she's, she can be kind of a shady bitch. She can be. And being a queen in the room with Valentina, regardless if people think it's about jealousy or not, I could see, you know, Aja, you're perfect, you're beautiful, you're a model, you're Linda Evangelista. They eat you up every single time. Yeah, like, I can see the jealousy part of that. However, I also understand that, like, the sisterhood of dragging of drag is different than killing it on the fucking, you know, slaying it on the stage. Um, I think Serena did not slay it on the stage. Also, didn't was nobody liked her behind the scenes. <laughs> and that's why. I mean, she ends up going on first this time. And I really think, you know, they always talk about how they cast in a very specific way. When they cast Drag Race, the, the original, the regular season and All-Stars, they kind of know how they want it to go. Now, there are times when it doesn't go the way they, they want it to go. And that's when Valentina did not even memorize the fucking words and tried to keep her mask on. They, in that, in that lip sync, lip sync, they thought Valentina was going to send Nina Bobina. Nina Bovina? Bofina? Nina Bovina Brown? I don't know. Nina. They thought they were going to send Nina. They thought Valentina was going to send Nina home. And Valentina shit the bed. And that's the only... But they kind of have stretched. So they are... Out of the people they bring, they, they're like, okay, well, this person's going to be a filler cream. Pretty sure these two, these three are going to are gonna leave first. I'm expecting these four to be in the last. They kind of figure that out. And they build story around it until something out of their control makes them not. And I knew... So Serena Cha-Cha came back. I knew she was going to leave. Wouldn't be one of the first people to leave. Um, she makes wigs now. Great. Her wig... You know, I love a drag queen that also, like, makes, like... Is one of the designers everyone goes to or makes... Or one of the person that makes wigs and stuff or does makeup, like Layla McQueen. And, um... I just forgot her fucking name. She's the one making ch- chicken noises on season nine. Um... The one that like was like literally talking to herself for I'm assuming 20, 30 minutes. And the directors were just and and uh Ross said, I feel like I'm in a relationship with you. Like that I forget her fucking name. But um she's Violet Chachki has said that when she walked into the room, everyone knew who she was on season nine, not Violet, the queen that does the makeup. And it's Miss Fame and it's season seven because Bianca won six, Violet won seven, Bob won eight. Um, so yeah, like 
Miss Fame, everyone knew who Miss Fame was because everyone had been going to the school of Miss Fame makeup online. Like, they, a lot of people were doing Miss Fame's face. And Miss Fame is, like, very successful doing makeup. And I still think she's doing drag, but, like, like I love when queens have, are queens and they also do a thing that other queens need them to do. It's, like, diversify. I love it. But, yeah, I never expected Serena Cha-Cha to stay. I just didn't. Sorry. Um, so the next one I left was Jiggly Caliente. Jiggly has a special art place in my heart. I don't know. She was from the season five. Yeah. She was season, no, she was four because Alaska was on five and Sharon and Willem and all that were on four. She was season four and a lot of fucked up teeth. Jiggly was one of them. And Jiggly has come out as trans um, and got her teeth fixed. Her name is Bianca. Love that. And, you know, uh, Jiggly has always had a special place in our heart. May I call you Jiggly? Of course, Mama. Uh, San Tropez, love you for you. Like, Jiggly is a big part of the drag race lexicon. And, um, having her come back, I, like, I've seen Jiggly and since then, but I know a lot of people haven't. She was on Pose. I mean, Jiggly been out here living her fucking life. And seeing that, like, so back when Jiggly was on, people did not show up with, with tens of thousands of dollars worth of costumes and seeing the glow up on them. It's like, and glow may be the wrong word. It's like... When you see, when you look at reality stars in early 2000, which is kind of the gig, this is what Bye Bunk is about, and you look at them now, and you're like, oh, they're so much prettier. They're not so much prettier now. They're working the filters and the and the shading and the, and the contouring. That They're not actually prettier. They So it's not really like a comparison. They're just doing different things. And if I were to go find... um those early 2000 stars on Instagram, like I did with uh, Hoops from the first season of By Pumpkin, A Flavor of Love. F- Hoops looks like everybody else now. And so, like, when we compare Jiggly Caliente, so when she walks in the room on the fourth season, to now, it's not that Jiggly, Jiggly had a glow up. We all did. We're all doing things differently. And, but I was excited for us to, to, to everyone to get to see Jiggly. Um, I didn't expect Jiggly to stay long either. Jiggly is drag, but Jiggly isn't drag race, you know? Um, Yara, no, the next person I left was Silky Nutmeg Ganache. All right. Nobody likes Silky. (laughs) The thing is, Silky is a very charismatic person. Silky is loud. Silky eats up all the, sucks up all the air out of the room. But she also is, like, confrontational. And Silky gets in more trouble than a lot of other people. Part of it is because she's black and the other one because she's fat. And I'm, I'm just going to let you know, and I'm going to say it right now, and whether you upset with me or not, Drag Race has a race problem. Drag Race has a uh, fatphobic problem. People hate the big girls. And if you, the browner you are, the worse that they, the 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 worst they will take everything you do. Someone who, like Eureka, Eureka and Silky Nugmet Ganache are similar. And and I think 
Eureka weighs 500 pounds, though. They might weigh about the same. Um, but they have similar personalities. And people gave it to Eureka, don't get me wrong. But they didn't give it to Eureka like they gave it to the Silky. People hated Silky. And I'm not saying that Silky wasn't too much sometimes. I can't believe she picked up Miley Cyrus on her season and whirled her around. I thought she was going to kill Miley Cyrus. And she was just the biggest mouth in the room. And she was like, I don't want to say picking on Evie Oddly, but I knew Evie Oddly was going to win from the get-go. I just knew she was. Just like I had a feeling Sharon Needles was going to win when she walked in the room. She looked like nobody else. And I just thought to myself with Evie, I said, if she can do these challenges, she's going to, she, she's going to go very far. She might, I, I had her in top three because her looks were so different. And so I wouldn't say she picked on Evie. Evie was very strong. Like when you say someone's picking on someone, you imply that they, the power dynamics. And I don't think the power dynamics were off. I just felt like Silky made an enemy of Evie right away. And for things like Evie stinks or something, I was like, listen, sometimes people stink. But is this a third grade? Like, go sit somewhere else. Like, what the fuck? Um, this year when she comes in and she's like, she does a poem. Y'all know how I feel about public poems. But when she pulled that milk and cookies out of her titties, I was like, okay, be- okay bitch. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the problem that made uh, Silky go home is this. Is that she interpreted last the last time she was on with everyone being like, she's too loud, she's too much, as mattering, okay? Like, Silky talked about afterwards just the pummeling she got on online, and it never stopped. And she said it was very different than being, being like, teased in school because it would end at a certain point. You go home at 3 o'clock, you graduate, it's done. But online, it can go on forever. And the fans of Drag Race are ridiculous. And I'm not saying, like, I'm a fan of Drag Race. I don't at people online. I'm not been in your DMs telling you to kill yourself. What for? And see, it kills me how people act like being online is not the real life. Since fucking when? Online is real life. Those are real friends I have. When you do shit to people online, you're doing it to them. I know you, the mask of anonymity is one thing, but I can't wait till collectively we all agree that what you do online is who you are. And I personally, I believe that what you do online is who you are. Like what you do when nobody knows it's you is really who you are. What you do when nobody sees you and when nobody can find out it was you, that's who you really fucking are. Okay? If you pick your nose at a stoplight when no one else is there and eat it, you a booger eater, baby. It doesn't mean that we didn't, just because we didn't see you doesn't mean you're not a booger eater. Live in it. Sit sit in your shit. Um, but I think that affected Silky. And Silky toned herself down in a lot of ways and that's the problem so we'll take um on drag race not that they ever expected silky to win um we'll take we'll get back to that because guys we'll get back to it um 
we'll take a quiet queen. A quiet queen can get far in the show. But you got to be quiet in the untucks, in the background of the show, not on the, not in the challenges and on the lip syncs. So if Silky wanted to tone it down, maybe, maybe she thought she was like, you know what, I was taking up all the air. I'm going to tone it down a bit. That means you tone it down when you're with the girls, not when it comes to the challenge. And Silky toned it down in the challenges. And that's the real reason Silky got sent home. Um, next to go was Yara Sophia. I don't think Yara Sophia wanted to be on her. Yara Sophia ate on her season. Uh, she's on the season. She's on with Alexa, Alexis Mateo. Um, five? I don't remember. Yara was on there. Um, she, her, she's weird, guys. And her, uh, she's like a, she's like a Manila in a way that she has these concepts for her, for her clothes and she sews too. And so she, her runways are out of this fucking world. Um, the problem is, is that I don't think Yara Sophia came to compete. Not really. I think she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a check. But I don't think, and I also think she thought it'd be easy for her to get to the end. And on this season, like, as... So, the thing that makes it All-Stars all tough for me is that it's based on the voting of the queens, right? And yeah, sometimes it's not fair, aka the Shangela bullshit. However... I dislike that we've gotten, after season three of All-Stars, we can't have, they don't let us play anymore. You have to be, well, maybe when, um, name, name me Small Sense Home, Manila Luzon on All-Stars five, no, four, maybe that. But for the most part, people are so worried about what's going to happen when they leave. They don't want to send home people. They want a consensus. They want to do it by the report card and things like that. And I understand, like, that's how I'd want to do it. I understand that. And I also understand you don't want to get called racist names and beat up online for five years after the fucking show. I understand that. That said, it makes the show boring. If I wanted to watch by the report card, that's the real, that's the, the original seasons. I want to see something happen unexpected. I know I just said that, and I also said I was really mad about that Ben thing, but eh, there's more other things. I'm I'm making my way to forgive Ben. Ben, not that Ben needs my forgiveness, but I'm making my way to be like, Princess, get over that. But I want to see some exciting shit. I want people to, I want to like, I don't want everyone to vote the same way all the time. I want some things to happen to be like, oh, what? That's what I'm looking for. And you can't really get it because people are really worried about the the voting on the show. Um, and for Yara Sophia, this is her second time on All Stars, third time on the show. She was on the first season of All Stars um, when they had to, the season we don't talk about, where they had to be like, you know, partnered up because they only got a certain amount of episodes, so they did some dumb shit. But. Yara Sophia, it matters how you are in the workroom. It matters. And 
Whereas like the judges on the panel don't see what you're doing on the work in, in the workroom. The this year with when you go to All Stars and everyone's voting, people see. And her refusing to start her her refusing to start her garment, because they were making a garment and her refusing to start it until everyone else was done and just laughing and running around saying, saying, I'm going to do this. Like, it was bad form. Um, not that it wasn't entertaining to me. Although she does look, she looks like a little Rumpelstiltskin. Y'all gives me that sometimes. She's small. She laughs really hard. I don't know. And then she was in the bottom for a bit. And... Listen, you got to play the game. You have to. I, too, wouldn't want to beg to stay there. I That's my worst nightmare. That's why I don't like looking for apartments and jobs. Because I don't I don't, I don't, want to be like, pick me, pick me. I hate that shit. I want to be like, this is what the fuck I am. Do you want it? Like, I do not want to, like, try to convince you to love me. I, I don't want that type of love. And it's embarrassing to be pandering. And I understand why Yara was that way. But also... It also made it seem like you did not give a fuck. And if you don't give a fuck, why don't we give a fuck? And th- again, this is something that RuPaul, Michelle, Carson, Ross, the guests, these people wouldn't necessarily see. <sighs> yeah, she's, she left. Um, next was Scarlet Envy. I like Scarlet a lot, guys. I like, I think her drag is beautiful. Um, she's got a woman face. And I think she can wear a lot of things that not everyone can. Most things look good on Scarlet. Most things. I think this year her downfall was when she... So she went home on the kind of... um, It was almost... What was it? It was a talk show, but it could have been the podcast uh, or the... Or the... DragCon panel. It's where you work with some other people and you talk about something. First of all, she chose the mother's um, topic and then talked about her mother's. And I was like, all right, but that's not what I thought the topic was. I thought the mother's topic was talking about either drag mothers or you being mothers, like you guys having kids. And that's why I think Ginger should have had it. But, and also the afterthought people brought this up on that on that uh, episode, they chose their own teams. And Ginger wanted to do the mother's panel. And the other two on her team didn't want to. And two people on Scarlett's team wanted to do the mother's. And then I think it was Raja, because Raja has a bad relationship with her mother, didn't want to do it. How come... You guys pick these teams. You can do whatever the fuck you want to. How come Ginger didn't just go up to the team with the mother's and let Raja go to the one without? Why not? Um, But... I think they missed the actual intention of the of the the challenge. And then RuPaul said that Scarlett made her uncomfortable talking about her mother's. I don't know what the fuck that means. Nothing was uncomfortable. I mean, the fact is you've used mothers like pretty loosely. Uh, your mom married a woman, but you were like I want to say grown when this happened, but okay. I mean, who am I to fucking say whether or not you consider that your mother or not? I just feel like if my mom married another man when I'm a grown adult, I wouldn't consider him my father. So, but that like my, what I would do don't have nothing to fucking do about it. But I just felt like 
they missed the mark on it. And I don't know why RuPaul said uncomfortable. I think RuPaul meant something else. I, I think RuPaul meant because during that particular challenge, they wanted them not to be doing their drag persona, right? What, like, so even getting on this podcast, this is my drag persona. People I know, like, interact with in everyday life don't know how much I hate potlucks. They might say, I've never seen Princess at a potluck. But I don't stand on a table and talk about the fact that people are filthy and everyone's cat was stirring the pot during the, these pot. I don't do that. Why would I do that? That's ridiculous. But but you get more of my personality in this podcast because I'm talking to you. Same with the drag, um, the drag personalities. Eureka's drag personality probably isn't very much different from Eureka, but but is bigger more pronounced, louder, that sort of thing. And Scarlett, as well as a couple of other people, could not get out of their drag persona. They wanted you to talk. They wanted you to be you, the person that I'll meet at a meeting, well, maybe not a meeting greet, the person that if you had a podcast, this is who I hear. I would not hear Scarlett Envy. I'd hear whatever Scarlett Envy's boy name is. And I think that's what Scarlett Envy's downfall. I don't think she should have gone home that day, but I mean, that's how it went down. So, Akira C. Davenport. I love Akira. Miss Akira, baby. I love her. Um, one of the most interesting things I found that I did not fucking know is that Akira Akira had transitioned and was living as a woman named Kiki and felt like that was not their truth and transitioned to back to male. And I mean, they had the body work. That's why Akira's got a big ass, but um, that's so interesting. I also liked that they said transition to male, not not detransition, what I think a lot of people use, but my understanding is that's like not the correct term. I love that they talked about an untucked. It's something I didn't know about Akira. Um, I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like, I was like, this is interesting. This is interesting. Um, Akira. Akira is, I think Akira is a good drag queen. Um, but Akira is, there are limits. Akira is a pageant queen. Akira has got the pageant teeth. Uh, Akira's got body work. Akira, but I think on her season, Akira realized she didn't have to be. Um, Pageanty wasn't her own thing. She's actually quite funny. She actually is very, uh, she, there's a lot of things she can fucking do. And it's not just one thing. I was happy to see Akira on the screen. I thought Akira threw us some great looks. I'm much like everybody else on Twitter. I'm starting to think the fucking looks don't matter. The runways don't fucking matter, but they should. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about Akira. Akira was, it felt like the show didn't know what to do with Akira. Um, and she, and as we get to these next couple of Queens, it, it happened with all of them. Jan guys, they brought Jan on here to kill Jan. Okay. That's what they did. They brought Jan on here to torture Jan. And this is one of the reasons why, at the time, I was really mad about Ben leaving. But the the longer we got away from that, I was like, all right, okay, though. 
the show fucks with you. The show wants you. Like, they want you to have a nervous fucking breakdown. Because that's good for the fucking TV. And that's what they did to Jan. Jan, Jan famously, I mean, Jan's a Jan fucking Brady, okay? Jan famously doesn't win when she's supposed to win. There are a couple, I appreciate this season of Drag Race by not letting somebody run away with it. It is better for different people to win different challenges than someone to win four fucking challenges in a row. And I know who's going to win the show. Because why the fuck would I watch the rest of the episodes? So I understand. I think Jan won one. But there were some that Jan could have easily won. Okay. Then during the uh, girl group show up, whatever, the girl group challenge, everyone's rapping. They won't let Jan sing. Jan can sing though. Why does it have to be a rap? What arbitrary rule is that? So, you won't let Jan sing. You tell Jan she's too much. Okay? You tell Jan she's too much. Her personality is fake. I don't know how fake it is. Jan, yes, is 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 Jan Sport? I mean, she can't be Jan Sport because it's a trademark. But is Jan... Um, that's why she's just Jan now. Is Jan um, peppy? A cheerleader? Over the top mama? Yeah. But I think that's her personality. I, I I just got a feeling that's what she's like. And they're telling her, no, that's not what she's like. Well, how do you know what she's like? She's telling you that's what she's like. I'm not even a Jan fan, guys. I'm not even. I don't feel the Jan the Jan to see. I don't. Jan's fine. But I feel like they gave her a raw fucking deal. And now they tell her her personality is too much. Then the next, the next week... She gets, um, next week was the one where they did, basically they were doing, um, American Horror Story, the witches season. Um, and they were just doing, it was very Ryan Murphy. They were just pulling characters from all kinds of Ryan Murphy stuff. So they had Leah Michelle, a Leah Michelle type character. That was, it was written for fucking Jan. And I'm so happy Jan didn't fall for it and, and say, well, they told me you don't want me to have this personality. Jan, that is your personality. You're allowed to have whatever personality that it is. And so thank God she got that part. I think she won that. I don't remember. But this is what Drag Race does to you. They go, they come out there and they say, what's the thing that you do the most? What's the thing that you do the most? This thing? Okay, stop doing this thing. And then as soon as you stop doing it, they're like, there's nothing special about you. But then that was the thing. The thing that you told me not to do was a special thing about me. It is one of, it's, it's one of the, the thing I hate the least of the most about Drag Race because we actually don't have to do all that. We actually don't have to play games with people like they did with, uh, was it Max? The one who only wore gray hair. And they basically played Max. They told Max not to wear gray hair and then said, well, well, who are you? What's your brand? Gray hair, bitch. Gray hair. <laughs> now, do I think it's strange that if you take gray hair off of Max, Max disappears into the walls? Yeah, I think that's weird. I don't. I. I would like your brand to be something more than something we can just like take off your body. But that was that's that's who she is. And then her corset was too tight. And she was going to, you know, they have to stand on those fucking stages for hours. And she was going to faint. So they told her to sit down. And during the break, RuPaul, 
she was saying she could breathe. RuPaul said, why don't you give us a little song or whatever? So Max sings. And then they put it on the screen. They put it on the show like Max had a nervous breakdown. We don't need this. I don't need you to edit this way. I really don't. But I guess they just sort of like give Jan a second chance and just make sure she never gets anything. Jan was mad when she left and I agree with her. I fucking agree with her. Um, as someone with a big personality, I just said people don't know certain things, but I do have a big personality in general. I try to stay to myself, but my personality sometimes gets out. Sometimes I am too much for people. And I understand that. I have very strong feelings about strange fucking things. However, my personality is what the fuck it is. I don't know what else to tell you. And I feel like Jan should have said the same thing. She was angry when she left. Well, she was angry because what happened is there's a tie. So remember, they pick everyone. They The group votes. And... The winner also chooses someone. And then that winner does a lip sync against a lip sync assassin. Most of which were not assassins, but okay. They're just people who are available to come in. Old Drag Race Girls. That's fine. I like to see old Drag Race Girls. I think we should have more drag queens on this show that are not competing. I think they need to be on the judges panel. I love when they brought in... Fuck, I forgot his name. But the one that did the... um, Love Connie. Um... The one that did the fitness stuff, love when they do that. They should do more mini challenges with other drag queens besides RuPaul. So I'm happy. Bring the drag queens back. But what happens is that Trinity loses it to... We're going to talk about Trinity and her drag race, her drag and her lip syncs. Trinity loses it to Alexis Mateo. And it's a tie. So they pull out out of her titty, Alexis Mateo pulls out the lipstick that says um, Pandora Box. And then she goes, wait, I have one more lipstick. She brings out another because it's been a tie in the voting. So Pandora Box and Jan. So then they bring up, they say, Drag Race All-Stars Rule State. Girl, you made this up because that did not state that. But okay, fine. This finally happened. And then you give it to, you say, Trinity, who did you choose? And Trinity chose Jan and Jan has to go home. So Jan sat there thinking that she was safe, once that she was going to be okay. And then it turns out she has to go home. Yeah, she was fucking pissed when she went home. Yeah. I don't even particularly like Jan. I just think she got a raw deal. Pandora Box. Pandora Box was also on All Stars 1. Also on season uh, five, maybe four. Um, Pandora Box has been a disappointment. I don't know what to say. I like she's somebody who shouldn't have come back because we held her in high regard, and she came back. She's very nervous about things. She's she's hidden a lot of times. She's not doing a good job. She flubbed Snatch Game, which is the reason everyone thought she was gonna win it because she did, she she did Carol Channing, and she's so good with voices and acting. It's kind of her thing, and everyone thought she was gonna win it, even though she did not win it in her season. I think uh, no Pandora boxes from season two. Let me check. 
Yes, I was right. She's on season two. And the reason that's interesting is the season two is the first time he did the Snatch Game. And everyone talks about Pandora like she won that Snatch Game. She did not. Tatiana won it. It was Britney. And so what we expect from Pandora Box, and then also on All Stars 1, she was very, like, sour about the fact that she was part of Mimi, I'm first, which a lot of people will be sour about that. But she couldn't let it go. Like, she should have been sour about it. She should have said something about it, and she should have let it go. And so for many people, they expected Pandora to do well. They expect, they think Pandora got a raw deal in season, in season one of All Stars. And then she comes back and it's like, well, maybe Pandora didn't get a raw deal, guys. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so she's out the next season, the next week. Now we're at the top five. Eureka. It was very hard for me to watch Eureka cry these the, the last episode she was on. Um, I felt like the show didn't know what to do with Eureka. Eureka is one of the most most successful drag queens that's been on the show. Eureka's been in everything. Eureka's on HBO right now. Eureka, Eureka's very recognizable. And it just felt like she couldn't get a win. She couldn't figure out what to do. Um... This is Eureka's fourth, third time on Drag Race. She was on season, goodness, season nine maybe. And she got hurt and had to go home. Season 10, she comes back. Maybe 11. And she gets to the top. She gets to the top and doesn't win. But Eureka is very... She's 500 pounds, by the way, which is like some of the people on my 600 pound life are 500 pounds. And Eureka is, she calls herself the Elephant Queen, and she's doing kicks and jumps, and she is in bodysuits, and she's, I mean, like I said, some people at her weight are bed bound, okay? But Eureka is, dresses her body like. She dresses as well as if she were a smaller girl, which is one of the reasons I really like Eureka because I'm tired of seeing these big queens in caftans. And Eureka comes out here, Eureka's turning it. Now, Eureka did a beach ball look that she should have, she should have gone home that day for that bullshit, but okay. Um, But Eureka just kind of like, she was safe. And the one time she was in the bottom, I never thought she was going home. So... She just hasn't done a lot. This and and it's not like she's got a lot of like she's not on this. This isn't All Star season two, where all these powerhouses were on. There was a lot of room here, and it just felt like Eureka didn't really do anything. I'll say this: when you when they did the second chance thing, Eureka was she had me in fucking tears when she was like, "I'm coming, Mama, not without my wig." And she's talking, she's talking to a mannequin, going, "Okay." This is what's happening. Like, Eureka was so fucking funny. Um, all right. So then we got our top four. Our top four are Ginger Minj, Roger O'Hara, Kylie Selene Love, Trinity Caponet. Ginger Minj is a well-seasoned queen. She, that, she did that uh, lip sync to... I forget the name. Where's the fuck of my phone? What's the name of that song by Lizzo? She was so fucking good on that. She's won more money than anybody else in the show. I think she's won $50,000 at this point. Um, she, I don't think she's going to win though. I really like Ginger Minge. The first time she was on, she was in the Bitter Old Lady Brigade and she she got a bad rap because she was 
talking about the young people and also she was doing a lot of lying about what she could and couldn't do. But she's an all around great queen and I'm happy to have her here and I'm and I feel like she's been on good behavior. I feel like I mean on her season she did on the reunion did ask them to do an all stars with less talented queens and then here she is on this one. Womp womp. Um then I'm doing these in order of my pick to be the winner. Raja O'Hara. Raja O'Hara has done wonderful. Raja Raja O'Hara. Even by the way, Raja O'Hara's color is purple. Raja O'Hara has been wearing purple a lot. And on one on one episode, the runway, she had her skin purple, her hair purple, everything down, you know, down to her fucking socks. And they're like, purple's your color. Meanwhile, Jan was wearing purple the whole fucking time too. Again, y'all will not stop sliding Jan. I don't even like her, but y'all... Let the mouse go, okay? Stop fucking with her. But Raja was kind of... Flew under the radar on her first season, except for when she was when she was being jealous about Plastique Tierra, saying Plastique was lying about her life, and and they, they must want you to win. Your mama came today? Because remember, um, her... Drag mother is Alyssa Edwards. Um, uh, Plastic Tierra. Your mama came. RuPaul hugging you. Remember when RuPaul hugged Plastic Tierra and the most awkward thing you've ever seen in your life? Guys, RuPaul don't even remember these people's names. RuPaul is in her 60s. RuPaul don't like to be touched. I People hate RuPaul. And I, don't, I dislike RuPaul a lot in some ways. But not for her not wanting to be touched and not for her asking people, asking production to not let a bunch of people run up to her on the set all the time. I too would be like, you guys, I can't do this. RuPaul and I have a lot of things in common is that we, that we are both introverts masquerading as extroverts. I am an introvert. It doesn't sound like it, does it? And if you can get Showtime Princess, Drag Princess on a podcast or in person when I used to have to bartend all the time, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was bartending and telling Joe's and stealing customers' shoes, so that's, I, I used to make this one customer give me his shoes so he tipped me. And I give him back when I got my tip. <laughs> I used to do shit like that all the time. I Absolutely, I can be that person. I was suicidal then, though. I didn't want to be left alone because I thought I was going to kill myself. But I can do it. But who I was on the inside was very different from what I was projecting on the outside. And RuPaul's like that, too. Um, I absolutely need to be alone time. And I absolutely need times when I do not have to interact with other people. And so I get that part. The difference is I'm not going to yell at anybody about it. And if... Somebody, if product, I let production tell everybody that. And if somebody actually does come up to me and talks to me, I'm going to, I'm going to be gracious and polite and thankful and grateful that people even give a fuck about me and go back to my, um, go back to my dressing room and be like, guys, I can't go back out there anymore. It's too much. It's too much. Pearl tells a story about sitting down next to RuPaul and, um, like before they did something. Uh, and the camera wasn't on and Pearl says to, this is the one, that, is there something on my face? That Pearl. And says to RuPaul, I just want you to know you're around inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And RuPaul has said, just so you know, nothing you say counts until the camera comes on. And people took that as her being like, like a terrible person. Don't talk to her unless the camera's on. I always took that as, did she say thank you? 
Because I would have said thank you and said, and then I would have said, save it for the camera. That's what I would have said. So I always took it as like, make sure you like, nobody's going to see it unless you, unless you say this on camera. That's how I always took it. But everyone took that as RuPaul hates everyone. And maybe RuPaul does. I've heard she's very difficult to work with. But I also know that sometimes people say you're difficult to work with when you won't just do what they want you to fucking do. And sometimes you got to be difficult. Why am I talking about this? Oh, RuPaul doesn't know any of these people's names or anything like that. And I don't think RuPaul wants to hug anybody. I don't think any of that. But she hugged uh, Placid Tierra and said, we're your family now. I'm your mother now. And I was like, oh, she's trying to get another Emmy. She's trying to get another Emmy because there's no way I would have hugged a stranger and said, I'm your mother now. There's no way. I might have said, I know, I understand that it's difficult when you're parents are very conservative and you're gay and also not only are you gay but you want to do the art of drag and I understand that but remember you can form a sisterhood here you you can you know what RuPaul always says that thing she said we as gay people we get to choose our families um but not that I I would like to go back and edit that but okay um but when that was happening, Raja felt very, Raja just felt nervous. I mean, that's what it is. They, they make you feel inadequate. I mean, it's a, it's a competition and they're moving, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. What seems like weeks to us is only like two days, four days, maybe tops. Sometimes when things happen three, four weeks prior and we're like, why are they still on that? Okay. Well, that's because that happened last week in their time. So, um, but Raja's come back and Raja has won drag race the way that, I think the way you, the only way you really can guarantee the win drag race is to come back, show what you have, and get a redemption arc. And Raja did. Raja's done wonderful. And Raja hasn't been, you know, hasn't been pissy. And I think Raja's been doing great. I love Raja's um, uh, interview look. Raja uh, looks like a little, looks like Steve Urkel with the glasses and little top braid. Raja's, I think Raja's doing great. Um... The next person, my next favorite, Kylie Sonique Love. <laughs> I love Kylie Sonique Love. I don't know that I loved Sonika Nika 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 before this. I don't know that I loved. Sneaka did, Sneak did fine on season three or four or five, whichever one. Sneak did fine. Sneak did fine. But I remember Sneak saying, my mom sent me to military school thinking she was going to get a man and instead she got a woman or something like that. And I always thought that was very funny and very well put. Um, I also loved, no, it was season two. Sonique was on season fucking two because she was on there with um, Tatiana because they were doing the cherry pie gift certificates. And Tatiana said that Sonique was rude because she, because Sonique was like, you want to buy a ticket? And the guy told her no. And Sonique goes, all right, well, then hit it. My time is money. <laughs> Which I loved, okay? Her time is money. But I really love Sonique. And I, Sonique is so fucking pretty. Just fucking gorgeous. I love her her um, talking heads. Like this one when she said that they were being like DJs and she did a little DJ motion. So corny. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. I love corny. Um, just her talking when they did the um when they did the the most likely to game mini challenge Trinity was really upset cuz Trinity was like who picked me 
Um, she, she Ginger, she was like, Ginger, I'm upset that you picked me the most likely to go home next. And Ginger was like, I didn't pick you. And she was like, what? And it was somebody else that picked her. And she was like, but two people picked me. And I want to know who the other person was. And it was like, it was you who picked yourself, Trinity. And Trinity was like, oh, God, this is an untucked. Oh, God, I'm stupid. And it was Kylie who picked her. And and later, Kylie and Trinity are all alone. And Trinity's like, so you really thought I was the first person to go home? She was like, and Kylie was like, girl, you picked yourself too. You can't be mad at me. I just love how Kylie talks. I love when she won. So cute. She won and then she did her um her lip sync. And she had all that under boob. She had a top. I was like, are they going to let her wear that on on Paramount Plus? She had a top that the under, like, it, it just came down and covered just to her nipple. And then the rest of her breasts were hanging out. And this is not, this is not a, um, uh, a boob, uh, what do they call that? A boob bib. It's not one of those things where when you see drag queens putting, and it looks like they have breasts, it's a boob bib. But, uh, Kylie has transitioned. Kylie has body work. Kylie has breasts. And... I was like, are they going to let her show that on TV? But it just, the top just came down, barely covered her nipples, and the rest of her boobs were sticking out. She goes out there and dances and is swinging those bitches. And I was like, oh my fucking God. I'm about to see Kylie's nipple. That's what I'm about to fucking see. She was, she's so fucking sexy. She's so funny. I just find her to be so cute. Like, even when she goes to, um, even when she goes to, you know, they film them doing the lipstick when they're voting for people. There's a point where she walks out of... I'm, I'm convinced it's a fucking bathroom, guys, where they do the voting. She walks to the bathroom and she turns and looks behind her and winks at the camera. And I was like, you better do it, Kylie. Um, I just... I'm, I'm so happy she got to come back after like 11 years, 14 years, however many years it is off the, off the screen. Um, I'm happy she did well in... Snatch Game is Dolly Parton. I think I thought Dolly Parton was a good choice for her. She could have done better, but like nobody expected Sonique to do well. Okay? And she did pretty good. I, I feel like she has just done better every single time. I love I'm so happy she came back. I don't know if she's gonna win. I'd love it if she won. But um no trans woman has ever won RuPaul's drag race, my understanding. So I love it if she won. Bunny and I, my kids and I watch Drag Race, okay? Do they watch Drag Race like, you know, fuck Ginger Minj, so-and-so had a better lipstick? No, but they will watch the show with me. And sometimes they ask questions. I've never had a problem. Like, I prefer to watch content with my kids and answer questions than have them be told things by dumbass kids at school. Um, I'd rather, like, guide them through things. And for them, I think that most of the dirty talk goes above their heads. And the only time we had even a had a little problem was that year I think it was Monet season um that they did sitting on a secret where they had to sit on stuff and figure out what it was and my kids wanted to play it the next day at the YMCA um <laughs> and had kids sitting on stuff trying to guess what it is with their butt that's the only time it came to the trouble I mean my kids always doing stuff <laughs> so so it's not like I mean we could have been watching anything anything um but you know, Bunny was watching it with me and Bunny asked me, she was like, I don't understand how that lady got on this show. <laughs> She's talking about Kylie. How that lady got on this show. She already a lady. And then she goes and put on her clothes and she's a lady. And I was like, yeah, exactly what you got. 
then she's a lady and she goes and she puts on costumes and concepts and to to be a drag lady. Yeah, that's it. it it's not that hard to think about. And she was like, okay, okay. But she, she loves Kylie. And the reason she loves Kylie is because, again, this is her first few years knowing drag queens and she loves a drag queen that looks like a woman. You know, and Bunny's aesthetic is princessy and uh, big dresses and big hair and bows and and who's pretty. Like, that's Bunny's aesthetic. Um, and so Kylie fits it. I'm so happy Kylie got to this far. And I love it if Kylie won. I love it. But the person I really want to win is TKB herself, Trinity K. Bonet. And the reason is this. When Trinity is famous for being on season six... Um, Trinity came out as HIV positive on there. Trinity was an Eeyore on there. Trinity was, you know, she didn't even do the reading challenge. She just read herself. She, uh, remember Trinity K. Bonet is the one that said, well, I'm not good at this. Everybody has any tips sent in my way, acting tips sent in my way. And Trinity K. Bonet is the one that Bianca said, what are you good at? Quickly. Because <laughs> everything she did, she'd be like, I'm not used to doing this. I'm not, and I can't, and I can't. She really was like kind of an Eeyore of it. Even though she was an excellent lip syncer. She always has been. Go back and watch Trinity K. Bonet doing What a Man. Oh my God, Trinity K. Bonet can dance. Trinity K. Bonet can do it, okay? And so I was happy to see her back. I really thought she was going home second. Absolutely, I would have pegged that, but here she is conquering things that she had done that the first time she did, she couldn't do. Acting challenges, rap challenges. Like, I, I'm so happy. Trinity's won, is it two or three times? She's she At one point, she was the front runner. And I'm, I was like, damn, Trinity. And now, now, Trinity is a drag queen. If you go back, look at some of Trinity's performances. Trinity does it with the clothes. Trinity... Trinity's really good at that stuff, but she's one of those people that isn't good at Drag Race. And to see her come back and do well, I, I'm so excited for her. Now, a lot of people don't like Trinity. One, because she is real on camera. And I, I appreciate that. When she says, she says she's sensitive. She says, you guys came in here and didn't con congratulate me. You congratulate everybody else when you came back and they won. Yeah, say that. I like real people. I like people who say what the fuck they mean. Because if you say what you mean and what you feel... Not all of it. But if you say what you mean and what you feel, then listen, it's not always going to be beautiful. It's not always going to be nice. I just recently started watching Ted Lasso because people wanted me to. And it's fine. I don't I don't love the show. I distrust characters. First of all, Ted Lasso reminds me of my dad. And my dad is absolutely a dad joke guy, always looking for the good in people, always trying to raise up other people from the depths of despair and, and always trying to do nice things for people and just do it. That he's, he's exactly like that. Exactly like that. But I don't think they talk enough on Ted Lasso what that means to be a kid of somebody like that. What, when your dad is always trying to make other people happy and always trying to be, do the nicest thing instead of the thing that's in in your best interest, what that means. That doesn't mean I don't love my dad. I, do, I definitely love him and I miss him terribly. But that does, like, I wish Ted Lasso did more of that. It's a fine show. I, I know people are like going up for it, but it's fine. I'm, I actually finished all the way. I'm caught all the way up. I think, um, fuck, where the fuck? Roy. I think Roy seems like a Muppet that they put together 
to show people that mean people have feelings inside too. Giving very Oscar to Grouch vibes. Sometimes watch Roy talk sometimes. He looks like somebody constructed him. Um, it's fine. But in real life, I don't like nice people like that. And the reason is is because I know that nobody's nice all the time. I know nobody has good feelings and doesn't and and just wants the best all the time. Nobody feels that way all the time. And if they say they feel that way all the time, they're lying. Cuz because we are dirty biological feral fucking creatures that just happen to stand up right and have opposable thumbs. Nobody's like that all 24/7. And so I appreciate that Trinity says I'm feeling sad about this. I appreciate that Trinity dumbass is like, two people voted for me. And they have to be like, one of them was you, bitch. And she had to be like, oh, like, I appreciate that. Two, they play this game very sterilely. Very much like, I have to show only my good face because otherwise the, the people won't like me. I have to only have good intentions. And, like, I do like people who are good at heart. But... I like when people show me what people, the realness of them. And so I enjoy Trinity on the show. And I know people don't always like it, but I don't care. Trinity, uh, those, those, those times when she, when she got on, she says, I don't have all these people's numbers in my phone. I don't hang out with drag queens. I don't know these people. Other people know everyone here. I don't, I'm getting to know them. I was like, real, absolutely fucking real. And she has gotten to know them and she has been like making friends and stuff. That's great. I just think it would be great if she won. Um, people are also talking about her teeth. So on the first season, Trinity K. Bonet, she was a pageantist. TKB used to wear a, she was a pageant queen. So, you know, you got to have perfect teeth, but she didn't have perfect teeth. She had shitty teeth. Like a lot of people do because poverty. Okay. Poverty. That's why you have bad teeth. Um, and she used to wear a flipper, like a pageant queen flipper when she was. And, but the problem was wearing the flipper meant that she couldn't, she just wouldn't do well at. Things where she had to talk because she'd have to wear the flipper and the, and the flipper makes you not be able to talk. And so now people are like, she's still wearing a flipper. No, she's not wearing a flipper. She has dentures. Those are cheap dentures, but they're dentures. Um, that's it. They're, might cost $500, dollars $1,000. She had their teeth pulled and probably because she couldn't save them and she's got dentures. What I'd love for Trinity is for her to win and be able to buy some dentures. Um, I think she's only won like $5,000. Um, she's won, I, she's gone to lip sync three times. Once was against Laganja La, La Estranja, who bitch jumped out of the sky onto the, <laughs> onto the fucking stage and Trinity lost it then, okay? Laganja <laughs> is a lip sync artist, okay? She's one of the, the only assassins that came on, on the stage. And yeah, yeah. Um, so she's lost, like, but Trinity K. Bonet is a lip sync assassin. She just lost all her lip syncs this year, which is strange. She lost the one against, who lost the one against Cameron? Oh my God. That boom clap bullshit. Who? It was Raja who, who lip sync against, uh, Cameron to boom clap. Cameron Michaels is such a good lip syncer. So good. And they had her lip syncing to boom, clap. Fuck that. I, I'd love to see an Alaska on there for an assassin. I'd love to see... We saw Coco Montrese. Mostly I just want to see Alaska. I, there's a couple of other people I want to see. But 
TKB, next season, I want her to come on there because she's so good at lip syncing. I don't know why she hasn't won a lip sync. I, I know one, she didn't win because there was a fucking tie and they wanted to do, they wanted to do some storyline. I mean, did she lose her wig? Yes. But she was fucking killing it. <sighs> yeah, so as we go into, um, this is the spoiler part because if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen uh, the season yet. As we go into... Um, the finale, they revealed there was a game within a game. Every person that left, as they were leaving, Mama Ru came on the screen and said, you're not still out. And what it was is that they were going to do Last Chance Kitchen, if you watched Top Chef. Basically, they were going to have you lip sync your way through. So the first two people eliminate lip sync. And then the person that wins lips to the next person and the next person and the next person. And the last episode that happened that came out on Thursday, we finally saw it. That's all we saw. There was no other thing. And it was basically Silky Ganache, Silky Nutmeg Ganache went through this bitch and turned it out. She, she brought an actual drink, like a liquor drink out of her titties and drank it on stage she now I do wonder why there was one point where she had a flag on. I was like, are they letting her just bring props onto the? My understanding is that when you're lip syncing, the props need to be a part of your outfit, right? So if you take off a, a wig and got another wig and then got another wig and got another wig, that's you still you wearing all the wigs when you start. You don't have you don't bring four wigs and line them up on the stage and then put them on. So that's not. But a couple of times, Silky had props that were. I was like. I don't know how she got that on the stage and how they allowed her to. But I don't care. Sil Silky did such a good job. She made me laugh. Akira was one of the few, was the one person who refused to come back and do it. And I understand Akira. I won't want to either. And my understanding is it happens the night you get eliminated because the same judges are there. So when you get eliminated after the girls go, everybody else goes back to the thing, you have to get dressed again and go. It's a, and it's a fucking long day. They're up at 6 a.m. So I too would be like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. I probably would do it because I'd be like, I'm already here. Fuck it. But Akira decided not to do it. And I guess Silky decided she was going to do it anyway because they were doing Barbie Girl. And she had one half painted like a man and one half painted like a woman and was like turning to do it. was fucking good. It was fucking good. Was it a little sloppy? All of uh, Silky shit is sloppy. I for I went back and watched her season. I forgot Silky should just throw herself on the ground and call it a split. She she really just like I don't I can't believe she don't have back problems. She really just jump in the air and land on her back. <laughs> she is a little sloppy, but girl, she just make me fucking laugh. And she she turned those lip syncs out. So it looks like Silky's coming back. Now one thing to talk about TKB again, Trinity. Um, as they sat down. Trinity had a puss face. I mean, she was dressed like a, a cat, so she had a puss face. And they even brought it up. They were like, you're not happy? No. Why would she be happy that another bitch is coming back into the competition? She got this far. Also, as she brought up on Instagram, the day starts at 6 a.m. It's 11 p.m. when they sat us down to watch this. So now we have to watch. And it's not just what they showed us. They, I guess they showed the whole fucking thing. And, they, and then also they edited like... Like she was a puss face the whole time, but she was not. There's one point when Silky was doing something, Trinity was up clapping and dancing and shit. Like, 
Y'all trying to make it look like Trinity is a spoiled sport and she's not. Okay? She, what she said was real. I have been here all fucking day in drag. Drag fucking hurts, guys. It hurts. And now I'm not even talking about tucking, which I don't think tucking has to hurt, but it's uncomfortable. And so drag all day. I finally got to the top four. It's 11 o'clock at night. Like I said, this shit is really a race. They, they, I think they get a couple of days off every now and then, but that's for, that's for, um, that's cause the crew. Okay. And she, and they sat her down and was like, we'll watch these girls lip sync to see which one will come back and take your spot. Bitch, I would be sad too. Oh, one more thing about Trinity. Trinity got to do her Beyonce mode because Trinity always wanted to be a Beyonce impersonator in the show in Vegas. And Trinity, this is a show that Derek Barry does, okay? Coco Montrese is out there too. And Bianca told her she couldn't be Beyonce because she doesn't look like Beyonce. And you, you know, you have to be doing this for a number of years. And she's like, well, the girl, the one, the girl does Britney. She's like, yeah, but she really looks like Britney. She was talking about Derek Barry. And during the um, halftime show, where they got to be people doing halftimes, Trinity did Beyonce. Trinity did so good. Trinity danced. Trinity, it's possible we thought we were looking at Beyonce. Not in the face, but it's possible we thought we were looking at Beyonce. Bianca put on her Instagram, basically, who's Beyonce? This bitch is Beyonce. I stand corrected. And I love that redemption moment for her. I love that. Seeing her do something so fucking well. I mean, she pretended to be Whitney Houston for the Snatch Game. That was terrible. I'm sorry. You can't do Whitney Houston unless you've coked out Whitney Houston. And I don't think they let her, I don't think they're going to let her do that because it's still fresh, I guess. So those are our top four. Love it. I am excited to see who's going to win. Our, our top five, Silky's back in the game. And Silky fucking deserves to be back in that fucking game. Silky turned it out. Now the question is who goes home next and who goes to the top four? Um, I think Raja goes home next. I think the top four ends up being Silky, Ginger, Kylie, and Trinity. That's if Silky doesn't go home again. Because you know they love to do. They love to have them come back and then go home the next episode. So. Yeah, so that's where we're at with um, Drag Race. I have been talking for a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I love Drag Race. And I had hardly any notes, which is why I am likely to have forgotten something. Likely to said something wrong. I understand that. I'm just talking about a show I like. So, if I did, make sure you come over to OK Then Princess on Instagram or Twitter. Tweet me. Let me know. Or come over to Instagram at buypumpkinpodcast.com and I always do a post for the episodes that come out comment on the episode if I miss something that I should have talked about let me know if I if you who do you want to fucking win who do you want to win tweet me comment please and next week we'll get back to mob wives and I just appreciate you guys listening <laughs>